0: Hey, I'm Jesse, let's have a devotion. We're working our way through Colossians chapter three. It provides this framework and it affects how the church functions and it certainly affects how our families function. Families, that includes single people, if you're single, you're a family of one, are like the cells that make up the organism. And within the church, we have been given these instructions. Yesterday we saw how Paul gave of utmost primacy, this call to love above all, he says, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. And then verse 17 continues, something, something interesting. And let the peace of Christ, to which you are also called in one body, rule your hearts and be thankful. So we're called to let the peace rule this is a, this is a governmental coup right? this is this is an insurrection of love and peace you'll notice that love was the theme of yesterday's verse and today it's about peace and these are also two of the fruit aspects of the fruit of the Holy Spirit love and joy and peace patience kindness goodness gentleness faithfulness self-control these are symptoms of the Holy Spirit we're told above all put on love which binds everything together in perfect unity. We cross-reference ephesians 4 which again just hammers home the unity 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 aspect of things and then today's verse continues but it means that we have to choose to let peace rule as we put on love it brings about unity as you have unity with motley people who are varied and diverse and different with different opinions and different backgrounds different expectations all coming together conflict's going to be inevitable but when that happens you choose in light of this text and this framework to let peace rule and let the peace of Christ not not an ordinary peace it's not the kind of peace that comes from a sunset it's the one who comes from the maker of every sunset let the peace of Christ to which you were also called in one body rule your hearts that means that when conflict like a despot tries to usurp the throne of your heart kick them out a coup and you let peace instead rule. You've got this opportunity, you've got this reason, you've got this chance, you've got this stone in your shoe, you have this thing that irritates you, it's within your family, it's between you and your spouse, between you and your kids, and you've got this thing that's just irritating you, and you could, if you want to, you could, you you could use it as a rationale to stir up some stuff, to carry on conflict, but instead, letting love rule uh, uh, and keeping love of utmost primacy, you're gonna choose to instead, instead let peace be the one who rules. Let peace rule, do you see that? This is important as well. Because the Holy Spirit is present within God's church, and hopefully within your house as well, that's gonna naturally overflow love and joy and peace. These are symptoms of the Holy Spirit. So if you allow the Holy Spirit to do what the Holy Spirit does, peace will rule. But if you also allow a dictator, you you allow an invader, you allow conflict and arrogance and selfishness to step in, well, then they could rule in your hearts as well. Would you let peace rule in your hearts? And then it's not an addendum. It's actually quite perfect and be thankful. Like the, the call to gratitude was not an afterthought. It really flows well, especially, especially given our depraved nature and our desire to claw at more and ever more for ourselves. You want to know what's going to, I mean, eat away at your peace. It's this thought right here. And it's the same, it's the same thought that the devil planted in Eve's mind in Eden. All right, here, here it is. You ready? Oh, it's just like poison, okay? So just keep it in a test tube. You're entitled to more and God's holding out on you. That right there will destroy your peace, man. That will destroy your peace. You could live in a big, beautiful home, but if you let that inkling, that satanic thought, rule in your heart, you're never going to be satisfied with your big, beautiful house. It doesn't matter how big it is. It doesn't matter how beautiful it is. It'll never be big enough. It'll never be beautiful enough. You'll never be satiated. And if if you let that interfere in your relationships, not only in the church, which is the larger context of, of Colossians chapter three, but applying it as well to your own family, you're never going to be at peace. You get this thought like I'm entitled to better treatment. I'm entitled to more man that thought will mess you up like I'm entitled to more especially especially when it's true like I'm I'm entitled to better than this I deserve better than this like here here's the thing like you may have been on the short end of the stick of a social interaction in the context of uh, of the church or, or a familial interaction in the context of a, of a family conflict for example but what you and I are actually entitled to. What we actually deserve, according to Romans 6, 23, is hell. That's what we actually deserve. That's what we're entitled to. That's what we have earned. Those are our wages. But when you believe this lie that maybe you're less sinful than they are and what you're entitled to is more, you'll never be satisfied. You'll never be satiated. You'll never be truly at peace. Rather, as we saw uh, as we saw in our previous book study, godliness with contentment is great gain, to be content, to be at peace. My family may not be perfect, but such as we are, things are good here. We have the Holy Spirit, what more could we need? I mean, apply that to your thinking about your house. All right, sure, there are bigger houses, there are nicer houses, but this one is mine. And the Holy Spirit of God dwells here. Let peace dwell here. It is better by far to have peace in a shack than unrest in a mansion. Let the peace of Christ to which you were called rule in your hearts and be thankful. You replace that sense of entitlement with a sense of gratitude for what you have. That's a beautiful thing. That's a beautiful thing. And it, it, it works no matter how low you go down the strata. Having done homeless ministry, I've spoken with people who didn't, uh, uh, who who weren't able to really get out of the mess, they weren't really able to, to to solve the spiritual issues that kept them in this in 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 dire straits until they were able to come to terms with this idea right here. Um, to be thankful for where you are. Okay, I mean, unless you're in absolute dire homeless straits, in which case, reach out to us. We're here for you. But uh, if if you are uh, unless you're unless you're in dire homeless straits, would you be thankful for where you are? And then watch how the text works backwards. As you're thankful for where you are, you're thankful for the spouse you have. You're thankful for the relationships you have with your children. You're thankful for the home you live in. You're thankful for the church that you have. As you're thankful that peace rules, it's so cool to kind of work our way backwards systematically. Because previous verse, the previous verse said love, and now it's about peace. And then there's this addendum that's about thankfulness. But it's not an arbitrary red herring, you know, oh, by the way, I totally forgot about gratitude. Let me reach out and grab that and kind of shoehorn that into the text. Like, no, it flows quite naturally. As we let love rule above all, peace is going to rule in our hearts. And then naturally, because of that, we're going to be grateful for what we have. So let me speak it over you one more time as we, as we close. Let the peace of Christ, to which you were also called, in one body, that's the church corporately, rule in your hearts and be thankful.